Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll Bennett. And we are obsessed with flipping puberty positive. Puberty is a stage of life best described as a roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts. It happens to literally every human being on earth. And it shouldn't be cringy. It should feel, you know, pretty comfortable. Which is why we started this podcast and a newsletter and why we film slightly ridiculous but informative social media videos. It's why we have a brand that makes clothes that literally feel so comfortable and why we write books too. Our latest is This Is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. We have built a universe of puberty positivity and it all started with this podcast. We are so happy that you're here. Okay, Tara. Vanessa. I know we'll do the introduction. This is the introduction. I'm not reading the whole thing because it's Rachel Simmons. Because this host needs no introduction. <laughs> because this guest speaks for herself, including in her introduction. She oh, introduces yeah, I herself. I meant this guest needs no. Wow. Middle age hitting hard within the first 30 seconds. It's Friday afternoon, people, and we're all either perimenopausal or menopausal. So no judgment here. Actually, I shouldn't speak for you, Rachel. Oh no, I um, I just got some blood work back and my nurse practitioner goes, well, you're well into menopause. And I was like, great, how's your day going? Happy holidays. <laughs> Did you want to cushion that with yeah. anything? No, you're just going to go straight for it. Actually, okay. putting that behind my name, just comma, well into menopause. Well into, I think well, that's a good signature on email. Whim, thank you. whim. Well into menopause. Okay. So Rachel Simmons, who you all know, she originated as a girl world guru, author of 
Odd Girl Out, Curse of the Good Girl, her recent book, Enough As She Is. They're all brilliant and touchstones. And she has become a much coveted, and listen up all of you corporate folks, much (laughs) coveted guru in the corporate world to improve the workplace for folks of all genders. Just partly because inside, apparently, we might all still be teenage girls, (laughs) including the men. I think that summarizes everything. Yeah, so it turns out there was a place for me in global companies because turns out we're all just still like little nesting dolls and our our teenage girls are out there still. Still inside, informing all of our choices. Although, as you all know, we encourage you to leave your baggage at the door, which is what Rachel does. Leave your nesting doll inside. Leave your babushka, (laughs) matrushka, matrushka doll. Matrushka. So leave your baggage at the door unless Rachel hasn't been to your workplace yet, and then she'll help you leave your teenage baggage at the door. But the reason she's here today is because this is kind of a newsy episode, Cara. We've kind of gone, you know, of the moment. Yes, we have. For an evergreen topic, we're going newsy. We're going newsy. Do you want to tee it up? Do you want me to tee it up? Can you make like a news background noise? Like, do 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 is that, yeah. um, is that like Morse code? I don't know. I just wanted to make news noises because you kept emphasizing that it's news. The newsiness. We just recorded a podcast where they added a clapping, like they inserted the clapping sound. And I was like, can I just have that sound follow me around all day long and then I'll feel much better about Okay. I, I'm going to keep us on topic on this Don't. It's on such this a podcast. better episode when we veer swiftly I'm going to keep us on topic road. by describing how this... With this newsy podcast, I was so head down in work over the last couple of weeks that I missed the news. So it was like a real news flash to me last night when I was prepping for this episode and I read all the articles that, you know, Vanessa often makes fun of me, Rachel, because for people who have a social media presence, I'm never on social media. So I miss all the social media information. And this was one very good example, but there was lots of Googleable information on it because boy, has there been a lot to be said about this. So the controversy at hand, I'm going to give the 30,000 foot view and then you guys can get into the You're going to give the news anchor intro and then we're going to get messy. Go. I am, but I don't have news anchor hair right now. Um, okay. My news anchor intro is cosmetics that are intended for adults are being purchased by tweens and teens. That is nothing new. However, in the land of social media where organic marketing is everything and influencer marketing is everything, it seems as though there are some products that kids start to buy and follow recommendations for buying. And suddenly kids are using products that were not intended for them. And there are cases, many cases, where the companies that make these products lean into this momentum because they've suddenly got a whole new consumer base that's buying their product. And so the dilemma is you got a product that's not for this younger body, and yet these younger wallets are paying a lot of money for it. And there's a real tension there. And so we're here to help everyone, adults. And if there are kids listening to this, the kids navigate what to do 
and how to figure out if a product that seems really, really cool is actually okay for you. How was that for my anchor? It was good. Yeah. I would just add to that. There's all sorts of layers of socialization about beauty and appearance and empowerment. And for Rachel and I, who have both spent, I've spent a decade, Rachel spent two decades looking at the reality of tween and teen girls and their relationship to our society and expectations. It's hard to sit and look at these kids, these teeny tiny little kids putting on a ton of makeup and a variety of other things that make us feel like, what is going on? So let's start. I don't know, Rachel, do you want to start? We got an amazing listener question, which we will get to. But can we start top line in terms of like your gut reaction? Like I want to, we're going to be pretty raw and honest here. And we're all, I think, going to fall along at different points on a spectrum. But do you want to just start with your like gut reaction to this whole situation? Yeah. And I probably should say by way of introduction that I'm a single mom by choice to an 11 year old girl who I would say falls squarely in the demographic here of target market for what we're talking about. And I came into this just also like honestly, meaning by being dragged into Sephora. And I think that tends to be the place that tends to be the place that TikTokers are talking about too, which we can we can also get to. And I was really astonished by how both versed in skincare she suddenly seems to be and also like determined to make her skin look nice. And then as I started to inquire, I saw that many of her friends felt the same way. And then I started to read and see that this was a thing. And my gut reaction was, this is a gateway drug to makeup. Mm. And my gut reaction was, this is how a company or a, a marketer kind of ensnares a kid to become a consumer of products that are disproportionately marketed to and bought by women who are spending their hard-earned money on this. And my daughter's only 11, but you know, what's it going to look like in 10 or 20 years? And also that is kind of training her to think about how she looks and to think about how putting products on and paying for those products will make her be more appealing and a value to others. So I realized that's like, you know, we said we're going to be raw. I felt really raw about it. Mm -hmm. I felt the way I feel when I see a cheese stick at Starbucks that is probably being sold to a little kid who's eventually going to want like a dragon fruit tea, who's eventually going to want a cappuccino. Like, I think these companies have gotten extremely savvy and shrewd about how to appeal to the youngest consumers, who we also know from research, by the way, that girls are very influential consumers in their own families. And marketers know this as well. And this has been a, a very, very old factoid. So anyway, that that is my initial gut reaction. And it's not like I want to be a party pooper. I don't. I just am really aware of how it starts very gently, almost so subtly that you think it's harmless. And then I think it it quickly turns into something else. Well, let's highlight the irony here for a second the toe in the door product that's being sold to kids is a product or a slate of products that keep their skin looking clear so that they don't have to put anything to cover up their skin. They can walk out the front door with nothing on and their skin looks good. But you're describing it's a gateway to putting on stuff 
to cover your skin. So it's like this very funny, weird, double-edged sword of beauty ideal. And by the way, the gateway to makeup. So in my world, the 13-year-olds are wearing a really complex combination of makeup. They are wearing makeup that I didn't start wearing until last year at 46 because like we were on a book tour and I was like, oh, how do I cover the bags under my eyes? But they're wearing foundation and concealer and highlighter and contouring sticks and eyelash brushes, right? It's so many products and on skin that is young skin that you never would have imagined when we were growing up that you would, I mean, I did, I learned how to put on mascara at some point in high school, I think. Now, granted, I grew up in a town where like, it wasn't a thing. And my friends who grew up in other communities were like, oh, I had an entire can of hairspray in my hair. And Vanessa, it is not about town. I grew up in LA and I learned how to put on makeup from my now 20 year old daughter when she was in this demo. Right. And when she was right. And Rachel, to your point, this is not new. This is like just an exaggeration of its former self happening right now today. But like, yes, Vanessa, they do. They know more than we ever did. And frankly, than some of us actually do about all this stuff. So here's my conundrum, Rachel. Not, just to be clear, I'm still on what's a contour stick, but keep. we'll come back to oh, that. Oh, you haven't gotten no, there I'm totally yet. No, I'm totally kidding. I couldn't help myself. Okay, that's but ne- no, don't let me catch up. But like, but just that's to 101. What in God's that's name is a contour stick? That's to give me the illusion of cheekbones. Should I have? Okay, keep going. So I hear your kind of raw unfurling of your reaction and I feel it and it resonates. And then there's a big part of me that's like, okay. All we say every day is like, no shame, no judgment, right? Like, I'm not going to make these kids feel like crap. I'm not going to judge these kids. I'm going to like feel my feelings. And then I'm going to figure out, like, I'm going to untangle all of those feelings. And I'm going to figure out what is it about the kids? Because we can talk about how our society is demonizing tween girls in general, which is like basically a knife to my heart. And how much of it is like, the influencer culture and how much of it is social media and how much of it is a creative expression where they're just at a point where they're developing identity and individuating and how much of it is just like a phase that they move through. Like when I pull back from the judgment and I start to untangle stuff, it's not that the upset and worry isn't still there, but it becomes much more complex. And so I'm curious, Rachel, as you've been sitting with this, have you gotten to a place where there's parts of it where you're like, okay, like I, I get this or I can see it, right? The non-party pooper parts of you and which parts of you have gone deeper and more concerned as you've kind of sat with this phenomenon? That's good questions. Good questions both. So I did have a conversation with one of my kids' friends. Well, you know, like the, when they're trapped in the uh, car and they don't have a choice. <laughs> so I was like, guys, what do you think about skincare? And, you know, one of them was like, well, it's just for me. She said, this is just for me. It's not for anyone else. And I really, and I was like, tell me more. She's like, well, makeup is like, nobody can see, she said, that I'm wearing skincare. So it's not like I'm showing it off to anybody. And I was like, that is a really good point. Let me chew on that. And I actually thought she had an excellent point there. And that there is something, you know, it reminded me of TBH. Mm. One time wrote many years ago. I wrote a, a, a short piece for Slate about why selfies are actually great. 
This was way when the selfie first started. Back when I was a <laughs> when I was a young writer, and the selfies just started. But I was like, everyone was like, selfies are bad for girls, and I was like, no, actually, they're great because there's like this opportunity to show yourself off and to like advertise yourself. I think this was like pre duck face. Anyway, I'm reminded of that because I think that's kind of a, a version of what this girl was saying, which is like, this is for me. It makes me feel good. Don't pathologize it. And it really stopped me in my tracks. So that has given me pause to, to answer your question. The second piece though, is like, what am I digging in more on? I'll tell you what I dig in more on. And I'll tell you how much this annoys my kid. It's teaching literacy about the culture, right? Like you can spend your money on this. And I just want to remind you, how many boys do you see in this store? Mm. What do you think they're spending their money on? Boys aren't needing to like make their skin look a particular way and their skin is not that different than yours. And of course, my poor kid is like, can I live? Just can I live for one minute? Yeah, Cara. <laughs> okay, I'm raising my hand because yeah. I, I want to push back on the skincare. Boys don't spend the same on skincare. Boys don't want the same on skincare versus makeup. Okay. I think there's a significant difference. There has not been a lane for the classic male to shop for skincare until recently. But when we talk to teenagers and for, I would argue for my entire career as a pediatrician, the gender has been completely irrelevant. All kids are desperate to avoid acne and they can't avoid it. By the way, like spoiler alert, no matter how much fancy stuff you buy, no matter how much rubbing alcohol you wind up putting on your face, which dries you out instantly. And then, right, you can't prevent your future acne the way you're hoping you can, which is what the sales pitch is. But the lane, gendered lane for boy skincare has only just moved from like a little narrow dirt road to more of a highway. And Places like Sephora and Ulta don't cater to those customers. Mm -hmm. It's like going to a bookstore and, you know, like it just, just spins my head when you look at the types of books that are available in a bookstore for sale in real life versus online, right? Totally different. Makeup, very different, different scenario. I would argue that is still, even in this world where different expressions of self use makeup and it doesn't really matter, gender is irrelevant for the most part, I would argue that makeup still is marketed largely to females, but there's a huge male skincare market. And I bet in the next 10 years, they lap girls in their yeah. consumption of these products. That's how badly they want it. And that's how testosterone messes with their skin. Hmm. Rachel, do you think that, so I've had similar conversations with my poor children and sometimes I'm like, is it my fault? Like, are they driven to do things and be interested in things and to spend their money on things and to care about things that I don't care about or worse, I think are not good because I've been talking to them about this stuff all their lives. And I've been talking about like, I don't know, self-empowerment and it doesn't matter what you look like. Have I done this? Like, am I pushing them You're to You're asking Sephora? if it's your fault. The answer is always yes. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> That's totally your fault. I mean, look, I'm inclined to say I don't think we have that much power. I think my kid from the time she came out was like, 
where are the pearls, where are the She high was heels? fancy Nancy from the beginning. Literally, if you have followed me on social media, you know that I have just looked at this child perplexed. Like, I don't understand. However, if you put her next to my mother, they're peas in a pod and could spend all day at the mall. So like, I think there's something to just like kids are who they are. Mm. But I do think if I can pull this thread out, Vanessa, there's a question about like, which battles should we fight? How hard right. should push. And I think you you touched on this earlier. And one thing I am learning is that you, I mean, I know this is cliche, but we really do have to pick our battles. And my opinion is buy all you want. I just want you to understand what it means to be a consumer in this country, in a global economy where you are part of the product that's being sold. Like you just need to understand that if you want to earn, spend your allowance this way, have at it. I also, here's the other thing that I feel very strongly about as the mother of a girl, which is you got to play sports. So you can put on your acrylic nails and party down at the mall. Okay. And I'm not saying I didn't, but I am saying that I'm going to look at the research and I'm going to turn to and engage and leverage the other resources that surround this challenge that I know will create a buffer for her Mm -hmm. so that, you know, and by the way, it's not lost on me that the kid has to take off her acrylic nails in order to go play basketball. It's not my coach said you had to anyway, but you see where I'm going here. There's no pure response, right? This is a multifaceted, multi-layered issue. And picking your battles, yes, but it gets so muddied and intertwined. And it's like, where does clothing choices run into makeup choices, run into behavior on social media and online, run into socializing options, run into, right. So Cara, I want to, we're going to come back to this sort of like, how the F do we talk about all of this? And how do we be in conversation with kids? And Rachel modeled a couple of ways. She's done it recently, which is locking children in a car with her and interrogating them under a single bulb hanging from the ceiling. Just kidding. But Cara, let's talk about the safety angle for a while, because with the skincare stuff and the makeup stuff, there are real concerns about their safety. Yeah. And there are two buckets of safety. And I think we got to talk about this too, because we can all say, and I agree with you, Rachel, like you want to spend your money there, you go learn your lesson. Right. But then there's like, oh, but they're spending their money on it and they're putting this into and onto their body. And now what's my role as the adult in their life? Like, am I okay with that? And there are two different kinds of safety that I think about. One form of safety is the physical sort of chemical safety. What is in this stuff that they are putting all over themselves? I mean, you can find a study showing everything. So like you want to go find lead and lipstick, easy peasy. Look it up. You'll find 20 studies. You want to find, you know, how bad retinol is for an eight-year-old. Fine. You can find that data. I mean, we're not going to parse it all, but there's That's a concern. And by the way, the lack of transparency and labeling on all of these products adds a layer of ridiculous confusion because you can't even show your kid what's in something if it's part of a trade secret, for instance. So there's that chemical safety, I'll call it. And then there's, I don't know what to call it, sexual safety, physical, like forget the skincare and not having zits or minimizing your... (laughs) your smile lines at nine, but, um, (laughs) you know, makeup ages them up and suddenly, 
you know, Vanessa and I spend our entire lives talking about how kids go through puberty younger and younger these days, and they look older than they really are and how confusing that is. And makeup just doubles down on that, right? Suddenly you're looking at a 13-year-old and it is really, really hard to tell that that kid is 13. Right. I mean, unless the makeup looks a certain way, but. <laughs> and then you're like, oh yeah, they're definitely yeah, like a little. Certain, <laughs> but when they're really good with the YouTube tutorials, you know, so I guess the question here is let's look at both of those safety buckets, right? So let's start with chemical safety and like, okay, what gives there? Like, how do you navigate with this sort of Vanessa? We literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order... Go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at bioptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. 
Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal, and even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter, and fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Wanting your kid to learn the lesson about how they are behaving as a consumer in the world and just be wide-eyed to it. Now, what do you do when you put that hat on? Yeah. So Rachel, how would you have that conversation? If you're going all global economics on your kid's ass, right? And you're like, dude, you are a pawn (laughs) in a massive scheme that is manipulating you. She literally is like, I'm never having a sleepover again. Like mission (laughs) accomplished. Sorry. Can you take your like beyond burgers and your lectures about makeup and like (laughs) go somewhere else? (laughs) (laughs) That's an excellent line. (laughs) That is amazing. That's right. Uh, I'm going to go home and make some homemade kale chips. Uh, You know, I don't know because like I'm not a pediatrician. What do I know? So, okay. Uh, This isn't a pediatrician conversation. This is a like, Mm -hmm. how do we teach them to become cultural critics? Right. Well, so I kind of want to go back to the piece about aging. Mm. There is something really odd going on here to point out what Cara is saying, which is like, on the one hand, they want to look older. On the other hand, many of them are blatantly buying like anti-aging. Oh, yeah. And I want to tie this to, I don't want to go too far afield, but the phenomenon of 20-something starting Botox so that they never actually get a wrinkle, which almost reminds me of like, starting hormones before you even begin puberty. Like there's a kind of manipulation now of life processes of biological processes that this generation has access to. Also just spoiler alert, it doesn't work. The aging, like that one example, I think this is, this might be very relevant to some people who are listening to this podcast. There are different kinds of wrinkles that people get, but the finest layer of wrinkles comes from sun damage you can you can Botox all you want, but those very fine sort of crepe-like wrinkles, you know, that's, thank you, sun damage, and you should be putting on the one thing your face needs, SPF. That's it. Like kids need to wash with soap, put a little moisturizer on and put sunscreen on. That, yeah. that is like the best anti-aging. So just a little, just a little side note that that, you know, that life hack that those kids think they're doing. I think that 20. is true. I mean, that is a very practical point. So for parents who are thinking, well, what should I allow? Definitely something with SPF. I just like, again, thinking about the bigger picture messages here, there is something like a way in which even our youngest kids are starting to develop a negative relationship with aging. Mm. 
even while they're trying to look older, they're already learning anti-aging, anti-aging. And I, I just want to call that out because there's no way that's not going to have an impact on them. Just in the way that we all grew up in the 80s, fat-free, fat-free, fat-free. Like, you know, words matter and words shape our mindset, our habits, our attitudes, our emotions, all those things. And so I, I worry a lot about that too, as somebody who thinks a lot about ageism now. And then I guess to your point again, and to go back to sort of the practical, I said to her recently, you know, speaking as a parent, I'm like, you cannot buy anything with retinol. You cannot buy anything that has mm-hmm. the word acid in it, like mm-hmm. maybe hyaluronic acid. If she's, my kid does have dry skin and it is hard to dispute. And we live in a very cold, dry climate in the winter in New England. And so there's a part of me that wants to say, great, I'm so glad you actually do care about your face. I mean, how many generations of parents were begging their prepubescent or pubescent kids to wash their faces? So there's something funny here too. It's like, be careful what you wish for. Right, right. Like self-care and hygiene and all of that. I mean, it's right. It's like the other extreme. So here's what I hear you doing. I hear you setting some boundaries based in information. Cara talks about the why, right? So you're giving her the why. I'm not always great at the why. Like your butt cheeks can't hang out of your jean shorts. Why? Because I said so. And that's my rule, right? Like there's no why there unless I want to go deep and dark into that. But I hear you setting some boundaries, right? Like you can go to Sephora, you can spend your allowance, et cetera, et cetera. But like, here are the parameters. Cara, your hand, your hand. I'm raising my hand again. (laughs) Dr. Dr. Natterson. Can you see my role in this triad? I raised my hand. Um, I just, to that point, Vanessa, we should have a dermatologist come on this website to talk about which this ingredient. podcast, you mean? I mean, bleh. <laughs> we should have a dermatologist. <laughs> That's where we are. Ask our host, Rachel, about yes. the website. Exactly. That's our right. host, Rachel. That's right. um, we should have a dermatologist come on this podcast and talk about specifically what ingredients are and are not safe for kids. Because there's also... Talk about shaming and blaming, a lot of shaming and blaming of ingredients that, you know, just historically in the world of medicine and healthcare, we demonize certain things and we give certain things a massive pass. And the things we often give a massive pass are because they're natural or they grow out of the ground or they whatever. And they may be far more dangerous or toxic than the thing that is lab invented and actually quite clean and pure. So I think there are a lot of issues rolled into this topic that get confusing. And I want to just spin out so that we're taking it off the table. The question of sort of ingredient safety, we should cover that separately. But I want to go back I think you just made people feel worse, by the way, that now they don't even know what they, what is. Well, we'll fix that on another (laughs) podcast. We'll get to it. You don't, but you know what? It takes us back to just cleanser, moisturizer and SPF, please. No perfumes, gentle cleanser. Yeah, you got it. But Rachel, you made a comment before that I just want to, before we move on to Vanessa's sort of very elegant framing, I just want to point out the irony. Which I no longer remember, so it's oh, fine. Oh, yeah, me neither. But I do okay. have a listener question that I want to You talked cover. about anti-aging, the anti-anti-anti of it all, which is so true, like this whole like branding of anti-aging. And yet, help me understand the trend from a couple of years ago where kids were dying their hair gray, because that was amazing. 
because they live in this very anti-aging culture. And yet there are certain, it's this same like tension between growing up and not wanting to I thought to it was old. lavender. Was it gray? Well, it was like a silver lavender, but it was, there was a real gray. Like oh, it was I found it very calming. It's just funny when you were saying the sort of push to anti-aging, I so agree with you. And yet there are sometimes things they do. Like coastal grandma and grandpa chic. There you go. Another excellent example. Yeah. Love a grandpa coastal chic. grandma. Love a coastal grandma. I know, right? but I feel like my body's not made for coastal grandma. It just makes me look like shtetl grandma when I try to wear coastal grandma. <laughs> it's like I told, the you, I told we, you not to tie the handkerchief around the babushka of my head. I know. I told you that was not going to go well for coastal grandma look. So I want to bring in an amazing question we got from a listener because we put out a call for questions for people when we figured out that we could hastily arrange this recording. And... I'm actually going to read the question because it's so good and it's so all-encompassing. And all the questions that get submitted are anonymous. So if you've ever wondered, unless you tell us otherwise, the question's anonymous. Hi, my 10-year-old daughter who does not yet have a phone has in the past year been swept up in a desire to have cool things that, quote, everyone else has. A Stanley, Aviator Nation, Lululemon, and skincare. I'm finding it very triggering to me because it makes me feel like she's following trends in order to fit in with others. I am also noticing that she's constantly talking about these things with her friends and it all just seems so empty and superficial. I remember wanting to get clothing from The Gap as a child, but this seems so next level. Can you provide any words of wisdom to help me navigate this crap? I love how it's like this very elegant email. And then the last word, she's just like, I'm laying it all out there. So if we think about the makeup in the context of like trends and fitting in and social pressure and like what gets talked about around the water fountain or, you know, wherever kids gather these days in school, how do we address that? And how do we let them live? Because there's tons of dumb stuff we did when we were kids. And I'm sure our parents were totally appalled by us. Like, I don't know, EG socks and leg warmers. And I don't know, what else did we do? That was ridiculous. So Rachel, how do we address that? Right? Because the initial thought is like, oh, it must be social media. It must be this. But like her kid doesn't even have a phone. It's just like in the air amongst her, I assume, you know, fifth grade friends. Yeah. I mean, this is like a tale as old as time, right? Like a retail as old as time, if I may. Are you going to start uh, singing the song? Yeah, from- I'm like a, such like a dad joke. Um, <laughs> Car loves dad jokes. Keep them coming. Well, retail as <laughs> yeah, old as time. It. Like, like I think, I just think that's part of the currency of social connection, especially as, as you both well know, in the middle school years, like that's where materialism meets social status. And I think kids become both more aware of what's being marketed to them and the power that their consumption has to elevate or reduce their status. So I think, I think they begin to pull the levers basically of materialism as a way to kind of leverage what's available to them. So I I think that that's all normal. So the challenge is then, like, how do you want to be a parent in that? And I am definitely of the belief that bringing a complete hammer down is not going to do anybody any good. I think you both are too. So to me, it's about kind of boundary setting. 
And I think so a kid who wants and wants and wants and wants, like the parent's job is to say, you can have some, but you can't have all. And you need to make some decisions and take responsibility for what you want. And that might include looking online for a used aviator nation item that you might want, like on a site that sells a used item, or it might involve you working to make the money to buy something so that you have some responsibility for it. So that there are like ancillary rules or lessons that are available to teach a child in the midst of that materialism. I think you can be the broken record that says, look, I totally get that this is part of what goes on. And I remember my own leg warmer Benetton rugby. That's what it was for me, which was too, it was $50 in 1984. And my parents were like, "Uh, no, that's, we don't spend $50 on your clothing, which are going to outgrow in five minutes anyway. It was my most prized belonging was my Benetton rugby. I'm so jealous of you that you had one. It was a Hanukkah present. Shout out to everyone who wanted a Benetton rugby and didn't get (laughs) one. one. I'm right here with you. Are you you guys going to start a support support group? We're going to hands across America for people who also corgis. Corgi. Oh, you guys are so young. She's a little bit older than I'm older. A corgi. Oh, older yes. listeners, no. come, come to my side. No, they've come Corgi, back in older style. Listeners, gather <laughs> around the flame. Cork ease, like Dr. Scholl's. Who had, to, I wasn't allowed oh, to have Dr. Cannot, Scholl's clogs. You cannot make that. They were worlds apart, Cork ease and Dr. Scholl's. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't dumb. know. And I hit the gigs hard later on that and find know, out what that is. I got to say, when my kids were in their tween years, it was the ascent of brands like Supreme and the value questions around these choices became massive because it wasn't just all the things you just listed, Rachel, but it was also this notion of the appearance of having spent a massive amount of money. Mm-hmm. So my kids would get fake Supreme mm-hmm. t-shirts and we were like, no, it messages to the world that you're wearing a whatever it was, $300 t-shirt. doesn't matter that you spent $5 on it. This is the message you're sending the world. I mean, it's all the same. It Did just you gets- walk behind them saying, I didn't, I didn't buy them that. I didn't buy it. Cause you're like, how oh, does it reflect? Like you think me? I let them out of my house in the t-shirt. On the other hand, I know 100% they left the house with the t-shirt. Of course they did. On when I wasn't there because right. But it's this layered thing. I'll give you a perfect example of this sort of like seesaw of values and limits and where do you let it go? So Brandy Melville is a one size fits all company. And as someone who does not fit into many one size fits all clothing and also knows what it does to a person's self-esteem when there's one size fits all and it does not fit all your size, I told my kid that I was not going to spend money there because I philosophically, I don't believe in it. So what does she do? She earns her own money and she goes and buys the shirts that she wants at Brandy Melville. And I don't say she can't because it's she's earned the money. She's made the effort. She can spend her money as she wants. But I never miss an opportunity to let her know that the company's not aligned with my values and I don't won't spend my own money there, which of course earns me the, yes, mom, I am fully aware because you tell can me. Can I live? Mom, can I live? Can I live? I love that line. Literally, can I live? Can I live? That's a big line in my house. Can, can I, I live? live? With the chin tilt. Can I um, live? It has to be like, can I live? It's yeah. With like the, the, the up, the up speak, which you love oh. so much. I mean, it's mostly me saying it, but sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> 
So to our listener who wrote in, like, yes, it does seem next level because our entire culture is more consumer-based. And even if your kid's not on a phone, maybe her friends are, or maybe she's getting ads on her iPad, or maybe she's in settings where other kids are more deeply steeped in consumer culture. And all you can do, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. One of the things you can do is help her build the skills of figuring out what are the trade-offs I want to make? Where do I want to spend my money? Right? Because a parent certainly doesn't need to spend their money on stuff that their kid wants but they don't want to buy for them, right? Either because it's prohibitively expensive or it doesn't align with their values or any number of factors. And yet you can have empathy for the fact that these items, these products have real currency in middle school world. And when I worked with a group of sixth graders and we talked about the topic of popularity for an hour, what was one of the things they said impacted someone's popularity. It was the sneakers they had. This was all kids of all genders. The kids with the cool sneakers were more popular. So I think though, we have to give people some tools to help them through because this is the world in which our kids are being raised. And actually there's an economic layer that's complicated, but there's also just this very, very thick, foundation of social media that is informing. No pun intended. Foundation. <laughs> you know. Thick foundation. Is it a. I, I didn't TV even. News I, foundation. I, I didn't even know. Oh, no. I'm it's sorry. I, We got to give the name. We got to give the name. It's. it's I'm so olive, sorry. Olive okay. sand. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> but there is this thick foundation of social media informing all of it. So independent of someone's economic ability is this. I would call near universal standard now, right? And that's what we're that's why we're all so steeped in it because our kids are all exposed to it, whether or not they have social media. And I think this is a very important point. Whether or not they have social media, they're influenced by the images that ascend on social media because those make their way to the kids eventually. So I think we should each give some suggestions, some tactics that the adults can use to be able to leave the conversation feeling a little less helpless. I mean, especially because I already made people feel bad about all the scary ingredients and everything. So I'll just volunteer. (laughs) I'll just volunteer to start and say, I think one great way through is to slow things down. So how do you do that? If it's a financial thing, then you just say, when you say you pay for it, and then they have to have a method to work for the money that they're going to use to spend it, or they have to save their allowance or whatnot. Effectively, that slows down this rush to purchase. And it works really, really well in some houses. Another way to slow things down is if it's an ingredient issue and your concern is a safety issue, I would argue having them do some research slows things down. First of all, and pisses them off. <laughs> oh, beyond, beyond. So they become really good at PowerPoints to convince you of anything. But I think that's like one strategy that's worked pretty well in my life. And so that's what I'm going to ask. Rachel? I guess like for me, concretely, we all have to decide what is the hill we're going to die on. And I also just want to say like, if you're out there being like, I don't know if I care that much, that's okay. Right. Right. That's not your hill to die on. And that's okay. As long as you have some, like 
as long as you're setting boundaries in some area, maybe this isn't your thing. But I do think that one question to ask yourself is if you're not saying no as much as you suspect you should be saying no, why? What is the thing that's holding you back? Yeah. Can I interject there? I think that's where everybody's a teenager inside comes in. Like, I find that parents will often quickly get to the place of like, when I was a kid, my parents wouldn't buy me the Benetton rugby. And so I'm going to buy my kid the insert whatever equivalent, not to use deeply personal and traumatic examples, Rachel, but I'll use that example. So figuring out what it's triggering in you and whether you're making the best choices you can still with that sort of reaction or whether your own personal past and reaction is driving some decision-making that you frankly don't feel so great about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that question of like, what are the things that most trigger us about our kids and what do they have to do with our own unmet needs, our own unlived lives, our own fears that came to pass when we were younger, having the resources and the horsepower to make your kid's life different than yours Mm -hmm. is like the dream and the mandate of every parent, but there's a way that that can go sour. And so I, I think that it's worthwhile to just think about the deeper why of why you're saying no or why you're saying yes, why something matters to you so much. But I do return to this question of helping your child, like you want to give them a foundation, again, a creamy foundation <laughs> for um, for literacy about being a consumer. Like there's something really important about girls developing, fi- this is an opportunity for girls in particular to develop financial literacy. Research shows girls tend to develop less of it for various reasons that then inflects who they become as women and how they manage money as women. So this is actually an opportunity to teach them to manage their money in a particular way, to teach them the value of money. Like you can turn this around to make it something productive for them. And I guess in tandem with that, help them understand the bigger picture of what does a place like a Sephora or, you know, uh, an Ulta or any of these places, it's not to impugn Sephora or any one brand, but what is a place like this intending to do for its customers? Why are they primarily women? What does that tell us about some of the pressure that women are under? What happens to the women and girls who don't wear makeup at school? How do you feel about that? You should never expect your kid to be like, wow, I love this lesson, parent. Thank you so much, (laughs) caregiver, for giving me this, walking me through this wonderful explanation and analysis. No, they're going to be like, ew, stop. Let me let myself out of a moving car. (laughs) I'm of the belief that like the stuff that most pisses us off that our parents tell us when we're younger is often the stuff as parents we're most grateful for later on. So if you're looking for like a high five, it's not coming. But if you do believe this stuff, then it is incumbent upon us as parents to, I think, transmit it to them. Yeah, I mean, I would add, we say this all the time, and I'm sure, Rachel, you say this all the time, but like, get curious, like, find out what the hell is going on, right? Like, Rachel, you had this conversation with the trapped child in your car about like, and she said, you know, the makeup's just for me. It's not for anyone else. And of course, my skeptical mind goes to like, oh, which TikToker said that? Like who's she mimicking, right? So like, I have That's to leave. Dark. I, I'm a, underneath all of this dark. joy, Cara. I'm a, I have a history of being a very dark, judgmental person. I know you would never have guessed it. But no, I think like kids will come out with stuff that blows your mind. They will share reasoning. They will 
give examples. They will illuminate dark corners of their reality in a way that you never anticipated. And as Rachel said, they're not going to like do that every conversation. And they're not going to be like, oh, thank you so much. This is the best conversation. Like often they're going to be like, go away. I just want to like do what I'm doing. But sometimes they blow your mind and they will only do that if you give them an opportunity to do that. And you can only give them an opportunity to do that if you don't come down so hard and so judgmentally and tell them how embarrassing it is and how the feminism that you believe in doesn't support wearing makeup. Well, they're going to turn around and be like, well, isn't feminism telling me that I can be whatever kind of person I want to be? And if that person wants to wear makeup, then what's the big deal? Or I can wear whatever clothes I want. So stop judging my clothes, right? Like they are going to come back at you because they are savvier and more sophisticated in some ways than we ever were. And so I really, 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 really try to get curious and interested, not just about the makeup or the clothes, but about Snapchat and Xbox and fantasy football and all the stuff that I'm like, this is destroying my children. And yet it's not because they get up in the morning and they're happy to go to school and they see their friends and they run around and they learn stuff and all of that. So I am just trying to get curious. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast, and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Yet. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.